You need to find out who you are and what do you do outside of home and when you're not working. Because if you can really identify that, then going out and finding them on Instagram, going out and finding those people to start prospecting them is so easy. You just have to know who your person is in the first place before you can then go find them. Welcome to The Grant Why Show. This podcast helps ordinary real estate agents build extraordinary companies. Let's grow in three, two. Hey everybody, welcome back to The Grant Wise Show. I'm your host, Grant Wise, and I am pumped for my interview today. I get to interview the one and only Mrs. Michelle Berman Michael. She is the creator of Beyond the Method. She teaches real estate agents and loan officers how to actively prospect using Instagram. And I have been blessed to be able to personally work with Michelle over the last several years. And watching her grow her organization has absolutely been extraordinary. She's achieved over 370% growth since we started working together. A phenomenal, phenomenal, phenomenal human being. She actually gets people results. And I'm excited to talk to you today about how she does that. So Michelle, thank you so much for jumping in the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. Well, let's like go back. The point of the podcast, right, is how we go from ordinary to extraordinary. And I believe you are building an extraordinary company. But I know, obviously, working with you for years, it's not always been sunshine and rainbows, as entrepreneurship (laughs) rarely is. But give us the story. Like, talk to us. Like, how did you get started and how did you get to where you are today? It's so crazy to look back on, right? Because I've been in business for now a total of nine years. And nine years ago, if you would have asked me, would the trajectory have looked like what it has looked like? I would have probably laughed at you and and still probably would. But the reality is that I didn't get into this thinking that I was going to build a course and and have a big team and, and do all of those things. I hadn't thought that far, I think, when I started. But back in 2014, I was in the corporate space uh, working for a small public relations firm and just knew in my soul that it was just so poorly ran and not done with the customer or the client at heart. And I have a really big passion for just making people feel heard and seen and and loved, frankly. So um, I quit very quickly after starting to work for that company and uh, ended up getting introduced to a gentleman who was buying and selling Instagram accounts and flipping them like you would buy and sell real estate and, and flip property. And I was really intrigued by the concept. I was super young. I was only 23 at the time. And so for me, it was like, what's the worst that could happen? It either it, it goes well or it doesn't, but you got to take the bet on yourself at that point. And so I did. And he offered to um, really teach me the ropes, uh, as you kind of would expect. It was bumpy at first. But it was really eye-opening. And in the process, I got to work with a lot of really big brands. I got to sort of mediate or broker between large Instagram accounts, organizations that were trying to generate ROI with ads that they were buying or ad space, uh, if you will. And when I say ad space, I mean they were quite literally purchasing like an hour or 24 hours or a time slot on people's accounts with the expectation of turning that into profit for them, whether that was link clicks, whether that was actual purchases, whether that was just exposure to something, whatever it might have been. So in that process, I was sort of forced into this understanding or or to this experience of having to learn a lot about sales psychology and human psychology and really what makes people actually buy something and take their card out of their wallet to say, yeah, this is worth my money. And so I just really face planted into that experience and 
ended up doing that for about four years. And at the end of the fourth year, I really realized that I had a big opportunity to not just do this for everybody else, but to create an opportunity for people to really learn how to do this themselves. Well before I met you, Grant, I actually um, decided to hire a coach that I had met online that was referred to me from another friend, um, but he was in the UK, so had never met him, got on a plane, flew across the world, and was by myself. My parents were mortified, to say the least, that I was you know, 27 going to the UK alone to meet someone that I had never met in real life before, but ended up in the UK for eight days, spent seven of those eight days in coffee shops, mind mapping out what is now known as Beyond the Method. We did a lot of soul searching. We did a lot of writing. And um, if you can imagine like a an easel or like a poster board paper with a black Sharpie, that's pretty much what we did. We just drew every arrow, every square circle, this to that that you could possibly really envision. And I still have that photo to this day because at the very bottom of it, we circled uh, beyond the method. And he said that when I got home, I had to fire every client that was not a real estate agent or uh, somebody in the mortgage space. And I had to start from ground zero because that was where my, my passion really was. And then in mid 2019, right before Black Friday, we officially launched beyond the method. Fast forward to today, here we are. You know, we have clients in 47 states three countries uh, and growing. So it's been a wild, wild ride. That sounds like it. What is Beyond the Method? The name creates a lot of intrigue. So what is the method? Talk to us about it. Yeah, Beyond the Method, really ironically. So there, there was a name prior to Beyond the Method that we had started with. And it was very true. The phrasing of it was very true. But what we very quickly realized was that the prior name didn't actually embody what it was that we really do in totality, like it just was too micro on one specific part of it versus really looking at what we do on a very sort of 30,000 foot view. So what Beyond the Method really does is it takes or walks a real estate agent all the way from, you know, who am I? What does my handshake look like? To how am I actively prospecting and actively going out and creating opportunities for myself through Instagram. And then even past that, it's how do we then elevate all of the marketing that we're doing via email? Because I don't know about you, Grant, and I know you see it all the time, but real estate agents marketing emails are pretty bad. They are the first to tell you that, like the the ones that come out of their system that are automatic or, you know, the one with the funny graphics or the dancing emote, like, you know, get emojis, whatever it they're called, or our favorite, you know, stock images off of Google. They're they're really bad. So we spent a lot of time helping them elevate their content and elevate you know, the way that they're prospecting on the platform. And then we totally bring it full circle with what are they doing via email and how can we then make the emails match the content that's being put out so that the brand is the same no matter where I consume you, right? Whether that is on Instagram directly, that's how I find you in the first place, whether I, I ended up on an email list of yours somehow because I met you at an open house or whatever it was, to I find you on YouTube, right? Like no matter where I consume you, the key is, are you the same human? And and really the biggest issue that we've seen, which I've spent a ton of time on and is a the biggest portion of Beyond the Method is actually understanding how to find your ideal client on Instagram and, and really what that looks like as far as conversation. So I teach you what to say, how to find them, what the conversation is even supposed to look like as it flows through from the initial message to, hey, I'm now attempting to set an appointment or attempting to go for the quote ask of getting them on the phone. But the idea behind this as a whole is 
can we ditch this really slimy feeling of cold calling and, and these sales calls where we get on the phone, we have no rapport with them. They don't know that we're calling. It's just sort of a really awkward conversation. Can we ditch that? And can we make it so that when we do end up on the phone with them, it doesn't feel like that. And the conversation is significantly more likely to turn into an active prospect that actually really wants to work with you because they're already qualified to be on the phone with you in the first place. Mm, I've heard you talk about there's active prospecting and then there's passive prospecting. Can you explain to somebody listening to this as an agent? It's like, okay, well, how do I actively versus passively prospect on Instagram? Yeah. Passively prospecting is very simple, right? So passive prospecting is just producing content and sort of being in a reactive space where we're just posting content consistently. Maybe we're showing up in stories all the time. Um, and then we are responding to a message if we get one or responding to a comment if we get one, but we're waiting for that to happen, right? So we're sitting back and waiting for the consumer to reach out to us directly versus active prospecting is the opposite, right? So instead of waiting and being reactive and then responding when someone reaches out to us, we are actively going out and going to them first, right? We are trying to find them uh, initially and initiating conversations on our own because we know that they're probably an ideal client for us based off of area, location, interests, right? The connective pieces are a huge part of what we teach. So we basically build out how to find those people, where to find them in what categories, and then ultimately the act of actually going out and doing it, right? So the psychology behind what does that initial conversation need to look like to even get them to respond all the way through getting them on the phone. If I'm an agent, I'm listening to this, I'm like, this sounds really interesting, but like, what if I don't have a lot of followers? Or what if I don't get a lot of views on my videos? Or how do I find these people? Can you break down what makes your process so unique and so effective? Yeah, so the number of followers, you know, what your views look like on your account, like none of that matters when you are actively prospecting, right? So passive prospecting is the way I always really want to describe this to people is passive prospecting is this sort of evergreen approach, right? It's producing content that over the long haul um, will allow for you to build credibility or build brand awareness over a long sustained period of time. Uh, passive prospecting is also really going to allow you to transcend anything that's going on in our world, if you're, if you're consistent. So whether that's, you know, societal, economical, political, whatever, right. If you're passively prospecting really consistently, that's what is ultimately going to happen, right? Your brand is going to build credibility over a long period of time, but it really is a slow play. Those of us who have been in the business long enough know that in order to go generate business, we have to be actively going out and seeking it, not just waiting for it to come to us. So that's what active prospecting really is to your point. Like, how do you find them? What does that mean? The daily act, my golden rule is what we call our 45, 20 rule, where you're actively going out and creating 45 comments or executing 45 comments on people's content and sending 20 DMS per day, right? So that's Monday through Friday over the span of a week, that's 225 initial touch points that you're making or new touch points with new individuals that you're creating. So how do you find them? The answer is you have to ask yourself and really look internally and, and say, who am I as a real estate agent, right? Who am I outside of selling real estate or going and hosting an open house, right? Like what makes me a human being? Because if I'm not into golf, let's just say, which I'm not, my dad has been a golfer his whole life. I really could care less. I honestly never watch it. I never play it. I'm terrible at it. So for me to even have a conversation around golf, probably not going to happen. And if it does, it's going to not last long, right? 
But if yeah. you want to talk to me about CrossFit or ultra marathon running or being a mom or the list goes on, like coffee art is my favorite thing in the world. I have no idea why. Please don't ask me. I just really love it. Right. Do you think coffee art? Coffee art. Like when you go to the little hole in the wall coffee shops and they make like these crazy designs on top of your coffee with nothing but milk. It's wild. Right. Interesting. So I just love it. I just think it's so unique and so cool. And it's a big reason why I'm a hole in the wall coffee shop kind of gal, right? But knowing all of those things about yourself and being able to quantify them, right? Making a list and writing that out um, and then correlating that into where are you going on Instagram to prospect, right? Where are you spending your time executing these 45 comments and 20 story replies that you're doing on a daily basis. Just yesterday, I was doing this with someone and then building out a tracker, right? And for her, one of the biggest things that she really spends a lot of time in or a lot of time doing is these kind of big box hotels. So she's in Santa Monica, which anybody who's in, you know, Southern California, you know that like the very like retro, really cool kind of hot Hotels have a lot of restaurants in them and people are literally living in them while they're trying to find houses that while they're in, in town, right? So she was saying, she's like, I go to all of them. Every single one of them has a Pilates studio in it or every single one of them has a dry bar in it or whatever, right? So for her, knowing that that's kind of a place that she really enjoys being, if she knows that that's also probably where her clients are because that's something that she enjoys and that makes it enjoyable for her to work with people like her, we have to understand that and we have to build a category around that. So one of the days of her week, all she's doing is finding those bigger box kind of cool hotels in her area, finding their accounts, finding the hashtags related to the accounts, finding the geotags related to the account, and then finding all of the businesses that are within that hotel, right? All, maybe there are six or seven hotels and each one of them has a different restaurant and different hair place or a different this, that, whatever. So she makes a list of all of those. And let's just say she assigns that to Tuesday. On Tuesday, she's going to go out and execute 45 comments and 20 story replies across all of those different hotels, across all of those different hashtags related to the businesses in those hotels. And the point being, she's initiating conversation or exposure in an area on Instagram specifically where other people like her that would be ideal clients for her could see her comment, could see her engagement, and then go to her profile and realize, oh, this person's just like me. And wait, oh, she's also a real estate agent. Oh, and she also happens to live here and I want to move here, right? So correlation, correlation, but it's built off of connection. A lot of agents don't like talking about themselves. They don't like putting themselves out there personally. What you're saying is, no, in fact, like that's actually the thing that's going to help you have the most success socially, what do you say to people that uh, maybe listening to this, like, oh, I just don't know if I want to put myself out there and nobody cares about me or I'm not that interesting. Like, how do we overcome ourselves here? Yeah. Uh, you know, it's a hard question. And I think a lot of people ask me that question in, in various ways on a weekly basis. Um, but ultimately it comes down to, do you want to be successful or not? Right. And, and are people going to hire you because you're a good real estate agent? Maybe. But are they going to hire you because you're a really personable individual that makes them feel appreciated and seen and makes that individual feel like they can actually have a conversation with you and that they're supported throughout this journey of buying a property or selling a property? You betcha, right? So at the end of the day, you know, you have to find your level of how far in are you willing to go based off of what you want out of it. 
that's what I'll tell people, right? Like if you are uncomfortable talking about certain things, then maybe you find a boundary that you're willing to get to where you're not necessarily crossing that boundary. But at the same time, you're exposing a little bit of the personal side of what makes you you. Um, you know, I had a gentleman who's really into hunting. It's like a big part of his family. Every Thanksgiving they go out and it's like a big deal. And he's like, well, are people going to be turned off if I, you know, have a dead animal on my Instagram account? And I'm like, well, if, if you feel uncomfortable with that, then maybe you take a picture of all of you guys out in front in your camo or in your gear getting ready to go. And maybe you leave the picture of the dead animal on the floor out of the carousel post. But at least that way you're sharing that this is part of who you are, but you're not getting to a point where you're, you could or potentially could make someone feel uncomfortable. So finding a boundary is important. Politics is always one of those. Like I personally just stay out of it. I think most people should, but some people don't. So if that's the case, then find your boundary. Yeah. I think also like people you've got to understand is that marketing, as much as you're attracting people to you, you are simultaneously pushing people away from you no matter what. I think people always say like, if you want everybody to like you, then go sell ice cream. And then then I'm typically like, yeah, but some people are lactose intolerant. Like, (laughs) so that's not actually true. It doesn't matter what you do. Everybody perceives you based on their filter of the world. So even the person posting the hunting picture, like some people are going to like that and some people are going to not. So I always tell people like, if no matter what you do, some people will like it and some people won't, then you might as well just do what makes you happy. Because then at the end of the day, you're attracting people to work with you that are actually interested in what it is that you're doing. And we live in a society today where nobody's answering the phone. (laughs) Nobody's, you know, responding back to text message. There's new regulations coming out that that seem like they're coming out that are even going to prevent it. So how do we create connection with people if we can't actually talk to them? And, and I think maybe agents are catching up to it, but we just live in a day where you're being socially stalked. People are building a relationship with you based off what you're putting out on social media. And then that's the thing that as they're going through the discovery process, it's like, okay, I, I like this person. He's into the same things that I'm into. She's into the same things that I'm into. And so I feel comfortable talking to them about selling a house because we also live in an age where the average lead is shared with nine plus realtors, meaning that you are instantly competing for attention. And so what wins? Like, how are we going to win the business? It's the relationship. Like, you've got to understand you've got one unique fingerprint. You're the only one like you and there's going to be people that like you and there's going to be people that don't. That's going to happen no matter what. No matter what, you could try to do everything perfectly and still some people will hate it and some people will not. So you might as well put the things out there that you actually want to talk about. I actually believe differently about the political thing. I do agree. I grew up, people said we should not talk about sex, politics, religion. And now I like get it. I'm like, oh, that makes sense because it sets the world on fire. People People go crazy about this stuff. But if you know that your audience loves Joe Biden or Donald, your audience loves Donald Trump, you're creating connection with people whenever you put out content and the best marketers know their customer. Like they know them intuitively. They know what they're thinking about. They know what they like. They know what they don't like. So I'm of the belief you put out what you want to put out. You're going to alienate your audience no matter what. Yeah. So you might as well like attract people that actually like you for who you are instead of having to fake what it is that you like, believe or whatever, just to get paid. 
Yeah, and I think what ultimately this all boils down to is, is there conversation that you can be in with someone where you're on fire for that conversation? And what I mean by that is like, are you invested in it? Are, do you want to continue that conversation? Yeah. And that's the power of this, right? So if you're prospecting on Instagram and you're out there looking for people to potentially get business from or, or do business with, and you're trying to initiate all these conversations with them, but nobody's responding, right? Then in that case, you're probably not messaging them correctly, which is a whole nother part of this conversation. But secondly, if you are getting a bunch of responses, then how do you keep the conversations going, right? And in order to keep a conversation going, you have to find some way to stay connected and stay to your, you always say this Grant, but like staying curious, right? Living in this land of curiosity and like asking a lot of questions. So when you're in conversation with someone and you're talking about something that you're really passionate about. Of course, it's easy to keep talking. You want to talk to me about CrossFit and, and ultra marathon running? Dude, let's go. You'll have to kick me off the phone or kick me out of the DMs, right? Because I could ask you 400,000 questions or around all of that, right? And, and so it's easy for me to stay invested in the conversation. It's easy for me to want to continue that conversation because I love it, right? So why social media will work for you or how it will work for you is if you find out who you really are and, and are you willing to go to that place where you are being vulnerable and being authentic with someone, because that will attract to your point, the right type of people to do business with you. And then are you willing to invest in the conversation and the easiest way to confer or to ensure that you'll be invested in the conversation is to stay curious and be talking about things that you really like talking about in the first place. Yeah. I mean, I got a message just the other day after being on a podcast from a gentleman who said he heard that I had talked about the fact that my dad had non-Hodgkin's lymphoma, right? My dad's been in remission for nine years, you know, thank the Lord for that. But it was a really crappy time in my life where, you know, there was a chance that my dad wasn't making it out of that and, and frankly shouldn't have, right? But me being able to talk through that on this podcast created a connection with this other agent who this agent was like, yeah, that actually happened to my dad. And I've been really looking for a coach for social media. And between you being vulnerable and also you being as passionate about what you are or about what you do as you are, like I, you're it. Like I've interviewed so many other people and they haven't been right. And I just know that you're it. Right. So this combination of like vulnerability mixed with passion injected into that is a really attractive resource or is a really attractive opportunity for others to feel connected to you and to decide that you're the right person. Well, I think what you're saying is so true. Cause I mean, we talk about this all the time. Like you could go to your database today, if you're an agent and you could send an email and say, Hey, you all want to go look at houses this weekend. And you might get nothing. Like you might get like one person, two people like, yeah, let's go look at houses. That sounds awesome. But if you liked hiking, and you sent out an email that said, hey, we're organizing a community hike. There's going to be approximately a dozen to two dozen of us that are going to go hike Hobbs State. There's a park here locally. If you want to go, please text RSVP. We're going to have a great time. Bring your kids. It'll be fun. Like you probably could get a dozen people in your database to go hike with you. And then what do you do on a hike? You spend an hour or two or three or four walking and talking. Do not think that what you do will come up eventually. <laughs> This is a relationship-based business. The people that can build relationships, can create connection, are going to convert at the highest levels possible. And the people that can't, won't. As society starts trending away from like normalities when it comes to communication, because if nobody's answering the phone, nobody's responding to your text, and nobody's opening your emails, how the heck are you supposed 
to build a relationship in a relationship-based business. So it sounds like the perfect way to do that. But how does this translate? Like every everybody in real estate right now, obviously we're all obsessed with getting listings. Like how do I get listings from this? How do I take a conversation in Instagram about hiking or a CrossFit? And how does that translate over into I'm listing these people's house or I'm going on a listing appointment. It comes down to your ability to move the meeting, right? And to tie business or tie the personal piece into the business piece. So there's a couple of ways that I coach this or that I teach people how to do this. But ultimately, like, so the very initial message you send someone sets the stage or sets the tone for the conversation, right? So are you opening it in a form where you're honestly being very um, aware of what they posted, right? How many messages have you gotten, Grant, I'm sure every day, right? Where someone sends you a message and you're like, did you even read my profile? Did you even look at what you just commented on? Like, no, you probably didn't, right? So, and that's a big deterrent, right? I won't even respond. I just immediately delete and move on, right? But if I get a message from someone where it opens and they're, they're, truly like recognizing what I shared or um, acknowledging what I posted and speaking into that, uh, that is going to pique my interest right out of the gate. But then in addition to that, the first message you send to somebody has that acknowledgement piece in it. That's first and foremost. Um, But secondly, it's a subliminal business play, right? So that's what I call it. Um, And it's really important to do. Now, a lot of people do it in the first message. Some people do it in message two or three. It's really a comfort level of of actually doing it. But for example, let's say you're commenting, if you're a real estate agent and you're commenting on a small business in your area that sells uh, coffee and tea, right? Like it's one of those cool like tea, like spice shops where you go and you can make your own tea, whatever, right? I just commented on one of these yesterday because I was trying to win a giveaway on Instagram. But let's just say that you do that. As a real estate agent, you're commenting on this small business's shop, right? The small business is obviously owned by somebody. Somebody's running that social media account, most likely the owner, right? Or somebody that is helping them. Uh, so you have to acknowledge the piece of content that they're sharing. And then you have to drop a subliminal business play. And for me, that would sound something like, this would make a great closing gift for my next client. Or this would would have been a great closing gift idea for one of my past clients who loves tea as much as I do. Right. And then you end that initial message in the form of a question. And the point of that is to make sure that you set yourself up for them to respond. And what we've seen by sending an initial message with acknowledgement, subliminal business play and a question or ending in a question is the response rate is dramatically higher. Like it's not even close to what if all you do is say this is cute or this is awesome, right? Which is also a very popular response. Like those two, three words response that we get. So the response rate is dramatically higher. In addition to that, the level of what someone is willing to respond with, right? So the the length of response is also a lot higher. And then what we've noticed in addition to that is that if they respond, they are also more likely to continue the conversation with you in doing so, right? Meaning like if they respond and you go back and you respond with another question and you're living in that curiosity space, they're going to keep talking to you, right? So it's going to make it easier for when you do get to the bottom of like, call it four to six touch points. That's sort of what we say on average it takes. If you get to six touch points, meaning you've gone back and forth six times, You've already dropped the subliminal business play right at the very beginning. And in the meantime, between those four to six messages being exchanged, you guarantee they've already clicked on your profile and looked at it. They know who you are and what you do, right? So there's no question that you are a real estate agent. 
maybe they're already starting to follow you because of the fact that they've now gone through this conversation with you. And so then what happens is you get to go for the ask. And in going for the ask, this is the most important piece to this. And this is sales psychology 101 is find and use the connection that you've built in how you ask for the appointment or in how you ask for the phone call, right? Or in how you ask to meet them somewhere in real life, right? So if you and I have been talking about CrossFit or if you and I have been talking about tea or whatever it is, you can say something around that in your ask. Hey, Michelle, I know it's been great chatting with you back and forth, but I would love to actually go grab a cup of tea at that place. I'm planning on going next week to get some Christmas presents. Are you around to meet me Wednesday morning for a quick cup? Question mark, right? And in doing so, they know who you are, right? They, again, they've already probably started following you. They already have seen your subliminal business play. Like they know what that conversation could most likely turn into. But the reality is, is that the percentage of people saying yes is going to be significantly higher if you focus on the connection in your ask. Definitely leaves no room for doubt, ultimately. I love it. That's some step-by-step advice. Like if you are listening to this, go back, <laughs> rewind the podcast a couple of minutes and listen to that again and take notes because I think she just laid out a framework for you to take random conversations you're having on Instagram and turn them into actual appointments about selling property. That's, that's awesome. This isn't just theory. Like you're not just giving us good ideas. Like you have a lot of really specific and tactical information as a part of your overarching strategy. Like talk to us about some of the things that you've seen. I'm kind of putting you on the spot here, but I know that you've got the chops. Like you've, you've, you've actually helped people do this. This isn't theory. Like you've helped countless people take this exact framework and they've gone on to build really successful companies. Do you have a couple stories that come to mind for you of people that have actually done this and and done it really successfully? Because if you're a realtor listening to this right now, or you're in real estate, what you're having to do is you're having to really think about how you're going to spend your time, attention, energy, because the market's down at the time that we're recording this. I think it's like last data, I heard it's 39%, somewhere in the 30th percentile. And so that means you have fewer resources in some cases, unless you've done a really good capitalizing your business for years and you're investing in your growth. So you've got to really like think about what it is that you're going to spend your time, attention, energy on. You need direct tactical things that you can do like Michelle's given you, but you also want to know that they actually work. Talk to us about some of the stories that come to mind for you that people are like actually having success doing this. What's happened for them? Yeah, so there's two that come to my mind on the real estate side and and I could go into the mortgage side, but I think I'll leave that out just for sake of conversation. The first one is probably my favorite story to tell period on this as far as people who have been part of my organization. And it was one of the very first women to ever buy my course. This was back in early uh, early 2020, um, she bought it at, on Black Friday in 2019, but really didn't open it until after the start of the year. She paid into being part of our group coaching at the same time. So she was really accountable to her effort. But in the first year of being in Beyond the Method, she did six deals off of Instagram. I have a screenshot of it um, where she actually tagged me in a post on Facebook saying that she had just closed her sixth deal. And it was it's saved in my phone forever because it was the very first 
client I had who was that successful that fast in the first year by doing it. Now, luckily she was local. So her and I did get to spend a lot of time together. We met up for coffee. We worked on her tracker together, lots of things, right? But her name is Carla. So her first year, she did six deals off of Instagram. Her second year, she did 7.1 million in total volume off of Instagram. And then her third year, she completely stopped spending money on any form of lead gen other than her coaching with my program. She ended up starting her own podcast. She's now one of the most successful and top producing commercial real estate agents in all of Phoenix Metro. She works for the biggest commercial company there. And she honestly, it's wild to watch, right? She now has her own podcast. She's been a raving fan of my company and my team and I for a very long time now. But that's somebody who was spending, and I actually interviewed her on my podcast as well. And she goes into all the details of like what she was spending money on as far as Legion and who she was paying and and how much it costs, all of that. So that's a great episode for you guys to go listen to if you want to. But she was spending about $4,000 a month on leads from various different outlets, which was pretty common for most real estate agents at the time, or even still now. And she stopped spending all of it. So she generates 100% of her business off of Instagram and Facebook now solely and through her podcast, right? So count referrals and all of that as kind of a separate category, but her new business or referral business through social. 100%. That's really powerful. I think if somebody's listening to this, like, well, six deals, you know, maybe that's not a lot. But I think what you got to remember is that every deal you do is worth at least two more. Because if you are asking for referrals like you should be, every deal you do, every client you get is worth another couple of deals, which is worth another couple of deals, which is worth another couple of deals. So your business can really snowball, which is what happens for most real estate agents. They do okay year one, they do better year two, they start to really get momentum years three and five. And business can just explode. Six deals can turn into 18 deals like that. Well, and if you think about that was just off of Instagram, right? So that doesn't count all the other deals she was doing separate from that. Those were six deals that she was able to say, this 100% came from my Instagram. This came from DM conversations. This came from someone that called me and said, hey, I found you on Instagram. And she did a really good job of tracking that, which I think is half the battle. But she was really excited about it. And she met me in a class I taught in real life, which I don't really teach in real life classes anymore. 95% of it is virtual for sake of opportunity, really. But she met me at a class in real life and decided I'm going to try this. She had no social presence whatsoever. She had an Instagram account with like a picture of her fat orange cat and like maybe one of her family. And that was it. Um, And so you're going from someone who was already doing a decent amount of business in the first place to she's now creating an an additional pillar to what she's doing. And so to go from absolutely zero to six deals off of one platform in 12 months span, I couldn't be more proud of that. Her initial investment was so minor compared to what that turned out to be for her. And the fact that it was able to correlate into she's now started her own podcast, which I've helped her do. and, And it's been really fun to watch like what the evolution of her business really has looked like over the years solely because she just took the 4520 rule and she straight ran with it. Forgive me, I didn't I didn't ask this question and I probably should have, but we didn't even talk about creating content. Like we didn't talk that much at all. What I'm taking from this conversation is like you don't have to be this content machine like pumping out content like crazy to have success on Instagram, which I think is what a lot of people believe. I really, really want to debunk that. And I feel like I've spent a lot of the last 12 months of speaking and webinars and all the things that I've done in the last year to really stake to the fact that 
is content important? Yes. I don't want to detract from like the fact that you have to be visible and you have to be present and you have to be sharing information, but it's not the end all be all, right? Because if you have the best, most perfectly edited videos, but the content of the video is subpar because you're not actually talking about something granular enough for someone to care or to connect with, then it's null and void, right? I had I talked to somebody on the phone and she's like, I spend $2,500 a month on video production and I produce three videos a month. And I'm like, what? It's such a misuse of money, right? Uh, in my opinion. And that's my professional opinion. If someone's listening to this, they want to throw tomatoes at me, please do. But it, it's just such a waste of money when if you think about that, the video content is important, right? Sharing content, being visible, letting people hear your voice, letting people hear um, the passion you have for what you do, see your mannerisms, all of those things. That's human psychology, right? And that's important. That matters. But what really matters and what is ultimately going to move the needle in your business is are you having enough conversations with people to generate business, right? And you say it to me all the time, Grant, like, do you have an at-bat today? Like, how many at-bats have you had this week, right? That's what ultimately needs to happen. Um, Mm -hmm. And that's what I think people are missing, right? Because if producing content and sharing content is your only goal, you're living in a very passive place, right? You're living in this, I'm going to produce and just kind of hope and pray, throw it all out there and hope that somebody reaches out. But why can't we combine that with active prospecting and spend more time on actively prospecting and maybe less time on content production, right? And I am I probably produce 10 to 15 pieces of content on Instagram that cross promotes between Instagram and Facebook per month. I post a, a YouTube video every week from our podcast, right? But I am in my DMs constantly, all day, every day, Monday through Friday, right? So I'm having conversations with people nonstop. And I don't think that my business would be where it is today if it weren't for the fact that I was willing to spend time in relationship, in conversation with people, because that ultimately has made all the difference in the world. I can't tell you how many people will reach out to me and say, I can't believe I actually was talking to you and messages like, what? That's crazy, right? I didn't think you would be the one calling me, right? And that ties into connection and being willing to have a conversation with someone that needs to be heard and and needs to feel like they have a place to share is ultimately going to get you really far. Like you have no idea how many people are following you right now that are probably waiting for you to reach out to them and you just haven't. Mm. This is awesome. I think it's been a great conversation. Definitely you've given everybody listening to this a framework that they could go out and begin to implement. But to end the show, if I'm an ordinary real estate agent, listen to this, and I want to do something extraordinary. I want to build an extraordinary life, extraordinary business. What is the next step for me? If I'm like, I really like what Michelle's doing with Instagram. What's step one? What do I need to go do right now to start building a business using Instagram? Step number one is identify like close your eyes, make a list, get in a dark room, whatever you have to do, whatever avenue it takes for you to get into the the headspace where you can really identify who is your person that you want to be doing business with, right? And where do you go outside of work, right? When you're not at home and when you're not at work, where do you go that you could potentially be generating opportunities for business, right? Is that the Pilates studio? Is that Orange Theory? Is that the golf course? Is that XYZ? Like, are you a big gardener? Are you a big cooker? Like, I mean, I don't care, right? I have a lady who legitimately grows onions for a living, like in her yard while selling real estate. Like it's wild. Like she grows them every year. She documents the whole thing. Onions and garlic. It's like, it's just so wild to me, right? 
And I remember the conversation with her where she was like, nobody cares about that. It's like, what are you talking about? Everyone's going to love that. You know, that is, is your person. So you need to find out who you are and what do you do outside of home and when you're not working and it doesn't have to be outside of home, but it has to be like, even if it's at home, an activity that you do outside or something that is a love language of yours, right? Because if you can really identify that, then going out and finding them on Instagram, going out and finding those people to start prospecting them is so easy. And being able to do it in a hyper local area, people think that that's really hard. It's not, not at all. (laughs) You just have to know who your person is in the first place before you can then go find them. So I would do some soul searching and ask yourself that question. And don't be afraid to lean into something that you might think is silly because it's not. And there are going to be other people that you can go find in those categories. I love the advice. It's extremely practical. You could go buy a thousand marketing books from all over the world. And one of the very first things that all of those books is going to tell you to do is to know who you are marketing to. So thanks for giving us the roadmap here. And again, thanks for the conversation. Obviously, I've worked with you for quite some time. I've got a lot of inside knowledge on your business and and what it is you're doing. But the way you laid this out for people, I think is extremely practical. It's extremely simple to follow. It's something that literally anybody can do. And so if you're listening to this and you are like, I think I could use Instagram to, to build something extraordinary. I know that there are a lot of people that have done that. So thanks again, Michelle, for stopping by. I appreciate you a ton as always. I'm grateful I get to work with you so consistently and uh, just grateful that you can make time to stop by the show. Absolutely. Thanks for having me. I appreciate you. Awesome. And I appreciate you. If you're listening to this, uh, thank you for continuing to listen to the Grant Wise Show. We'll see you on the next episode. Do not forget to like, subscribe, comment, share. Send me a DM on Instagram, your favorite clip from this show. And I know Michelle would be glad to do uh, to communicate with you the same way. I'll make sure that we link up all the ways you can connect with Michelle in the show notes. And uh, we'll see you on the next episode. Peace. Thanks for listening to this episode of The Grant Wise Show. Please don't forget to subscribe to this channel, leave us a review, and we'll see you on the next episode. Thanks.